It's time to give out those predictions here today on Locked On Boston College. NIU, the Eagles, they open the season on Saturday in Chestnut Hill. We're here to talk all about it, give our predictions, and hear what you have to say about the Eagles. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon. This is Locked On BC. This is your Friday episode of Locked On Boston College. Mitch and I are here to do it early. We're here to talk about BC and give our predictions. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Mitch, you're here for the third show of this week. How's it going? Going well. I'm excited that we're going to get a whole slate of college football games this week as opposed to just a smattering of very random and mostly bad football games like last week. Yeah, I saw on the news yesterday that uh, UMass had the second most viewed college football game of last week, which is crazy. Behind Boy, Notre that's Dame. Uh, <laughs> surprised that's that our program didn't put out a whole graphic for that. Uh, I, I think they did. Okay. <laughs> it's out there. Um, with like 550,000 people watching it, but we're here to talk about Boston college for the first two segments. We're going to do a little, um, conversation on BC wins. If NIU wins, if then Mitch and I will give our predictions. And then I know some of you guys like to gamble a little bit and make some bets. Mitch and I are going to have a little competition where we're going to put our, our choices down for the week for our bets of the week and see who does better as the week goes on. So let's kick this off. BC eight and a half point favorite right now. What is what's let's kick this off with what NIU needs to do to win this game. What do you think they need to do to get BC off of their win? I think for NIU to win this game, essentially BC's offensive line can't, it needs to look more like it was last year than kind of what we're hoping it's going to be this year. So for whatever reason, guys aren't playing well enough. They haven't gelled. Uh, they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback because uh, I'll say this of NIU's position groups. I would say that their defensive line is the best one on their roster. They have two pretty good defensive tackles in James Esther and Devonte O'Malley. Um, I think Esther can be an NFL player. Not sure about O'Malley. He's not, he might not be big enough, but he's very quick. Um, and they have one returning defensive end. The other one they're I think could be rotating guys, um, but that's the position group where I think they're best. So if they can get pressure on Emmett Moorhead, get guys in the backfield to stop the run game. That's how they win on that side of the ball. On the other side of the ball, uh, Rocky Lombardi is going to need to kind of have the game of his life. I would say, um, you know, like Jeff Hafley said, he's got a power, he's a power five quarterback. I'm a little skeptical of that. There are times when he does look like that, but it's very consistent game to game. But if he's riding a high, this game, uh, and he was a pretty good offensive line. Um, so I think that's good for them. Luckily, BC is a good defensive line. Um, NIU is going to want to run the ball to kill the clock. So if they can consistently get yards on the ground, set up the play action, Lombardi can hit deep passes over the top. I think that's kind of how they win this game. Um, you know, maybe kind of like the offensive line, if BC's new additions on the secondary kind of aren't panning out, you know, those FCS transfer guys look like FCS transfers, then I would say that's kind of the path, the most likely path to victory for NIU. And I, I keep, I said it on yesterday's episode. I keep having this vision and it's the negative thoughts of the, your thoughts in my brain about how BC could lose this. And all I can think of is 
BC getting some pressure, which we've seen a lot, where they get their hands on Lombardi, but they can't take him down, and he scrambles out and continues to move the sticks. I, yeah, I could just, I don't know. That's just something I can envision happening. Yeah, I could. Yeah, that makes sense as well. I also, I think that for them to win this game, I think NIU, they are, so actually both of their kicking specialists are FCS, or sorry, FBS transfers, Power 5 transfers. One is a transfer from Ohio State, the other one's from Minnesota. So, they're, I would say they are much stronger in the kicking game. So I think for them to win, that could also play a factor because that's something that I'm decently concerned about for BC in this game. So that is the NIU way they're going to win. And we've had some NIU fans that have been poking up in our comment section. So, um, and I, I don't feel like I've been disrespectful of the Huskies, but um, maybe I'm being too positive about BC, but this is a BC podcast. If you I mean, want a team. Yeah. BC was bad last year for sure. We, we, we've acknowledged that ad nauseum and yeah. had the same record and they were playing Mac teams. So, you know, right. and, and like BC had offensive line problems last year, they had quarterback injuries. So it's kind of the same thing, except one team is a power five program. The other one isn't, I feel like it's relatively not out of pocket to say, Hey, I think the power five team that was bad last year is going to beat the G five team. That was also bad last year. Right. Yep. It, it, he, I, the, the last comment I got was that BC would be a third or fourth place Mac team, which um, I, it's like comparing yeah, apples and oranges. I don't know how. Yeah, you... I don't. I don't really think so. <laughs> it's just, I just so. I just don't think that's true. <laughs> so let's go back to let's go back to our little game here. What does BC have to do to win this game? I think the offensive line kind of just needs to show up and be kind of what we're expecting, and and not you know an all world offensive line, but be a average to above average offensive line that allows the run game to operate as a normal run game should, you know, averaging four to five yards of carry, you know, you have a few chunk runs here and there, keeping the quarterback up, right. Giving more head time to throw um, with Moorhead, You know, I think if he kind of just plays his game, keeps his cool, doesn't make any huge mistakes. He has plenty of weapons that if he can get the ball out of his hands, those guys can create after the catch and they can win that way on defense. NIU's offensive line is very experienced. They have some decent players. So if BC's offensive line, or sorry, if BC's defensive line can get pressure on Lombardi and kind of like you said in the last uh, iteration, get him to the ground, force him to make some mistakes and take some pressure off the new secondary, that's kind of how BC wins this game. They, you know, essentially reduce the time that Lombardi has to throw. And ideally for BC, he makes mistakes, throws interceptions, fumbles the football, gives the offense some short fields, and then they capitalize on that, score touchdowns, and win this game going away. Now, in terms of defense, is is Lombardi the kind of quarterback that you want to try to keep in the pocket? Who? It's tough. I would, uh, I would say that he is one that – I would need to look at the stats, and I'll try to do that as I talk through this. I think he's more of the type where he can hurt you as a scrambler as opposed to a designed rusher. Uh, But even still, he's not going to hurt you as a scrambler like a Malik Cunningham or a Jordan Travis would like, he's going to, you know, pick his spots. He's, he's a decently big quarterback, so he can, you know, break out of sacks, break some weak tackles, but he's not going to be, you know, going absolutely crazy. Um, So from last year, he's a guy where, you know, blitzing his numbers go way down and under pressure, his numbers are even significantly further down. Um, but that was a pretty small sample size from 2022. I think he only played in a handful of games going back to 2021, kind of the same. Um, 
So I would say you probably want to, it's tough to say. I, th- I think BC can get pressure with four, excuse me, especially if they're rotating guys to keep them fresh. You know, Donovan is Raku off the blind side. That's a pretty good matchup. So I think BC can initially maybe try to see if they can get pressure with four. And if they are, just keep doing that. And if they're not, then you start seeing what blitzes need to dial up to get guys in the backfield and get Lombardi off his spot. I would say that if he's the kind of guy that you're, you're as opposed to a guy like Malik Cunningham or Jordan Travis, you're not, you're not going to refrain from blitzing because you're worried about him scrambling. That's how I would put it. Okay. All right. In a moment, Mitch and I are going to give our predictions for this game. Will we both pick the Eagles. You'll have to wait and find out now game time is when you're when you're out there and you're trying to get yourself tickets for a game buying tickets should be not be stressful at all with game time it's easy and best way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you now right now they got some great flash deals if you're thinking of going to the boston college game i sent the i sent the image to mitch yesterday or today you you can get in for a dollar uh for field level seats for bc a dollar and you know there will be i'm sure there's there's some service fees along with that but it's real cheap. You can go to Boston College games real cheap by using Game Time. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. And getting images of your seats, you know exactly what you're getting when you buy the tickets. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. You could go to the BC game for free. Get that, that, get that game time app right now with terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. This is locked on Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. And we're going to just talk about straight up winning here. We have Boston College, we have the Northern Illinois Huskies, both three and nine teams from 2022. I'll let I'll you know what I'll go first and then I'll let Mitch go. Eight and a half point spread. I have Boston College winning this game. I'm gonna go 35 24. I've I've given a little bit more more of the points to NIU for this game. Um, I think BC should be able to move the ball effectively, especially through the air. And if they can get that run game going, they should be able to put up quite a few points on this NIU defense. Um, I like Emmett Moorhead. I know some people are worried about him. I saw a lot out of him last year. What I saw this summer, I feel pretty confident that he's going to be good enough to win some of these games. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I guess as the week has gone on, I've gotten a little bit more pessimistic and a little bit more nervous because I, you know, it's Boston College after all. I've been a fan of this team and covering this team for a long time, and I know how this team rolls. Whether it's coached by Jeff Halfley, Frank Spaziani, Steve Adazio, it doesn't matter who. So I had originally gone in with BC winning big. As the week goes on, it tightens more and more. So I'm going 35-24 in this game. Uh, they cover, but it's going to be a little closer than folks want. And I think it's going to get cl- – I think BC will kind of pull away a little bit more at the end. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still with you on BC winning. Um, I'm kind of of the opposite where I'm wondering if NIU kind of backdoor covers or makes it really close at the end by kind of maybe getting a garbage time touchdown to get it within 10 points. But um, I'll go – what was, what was the score you said? I want to make sure I don't say this. 35-24. Yeah, I'll go 34-20. Um, so pretty similar. I, I, that's, I mean, granted, that is a two-touchdown win. But 
you know, I, I think there is a world, very likely world where, you know, NIU finds a way to cover on some kind of weird play. But uh, ultimately, I just don't think NIU really has the horse. And I think I said this exact same thing last year against Rutgers, but I just don't think NIU has the horses to keep up with BC, um, especially. Honestly, I think if this game does turn into a shootout, I think that favors BC because I, I like their weapons and I like BC's secondary too. I like BC's secondary being able to shut down NIU's receivers more than I like uh, NIU's secondary shutting down BC's receivers. I think I said that right. I might have said the same thing twice, but the point is I think BC is better suited to win in a shootout. Um, if this game is close, kind of like the Rutgers game last year, where I think they, NIU is still closer. I think BC can still win this, but ultimately I do think that BC has a pretty sizable advantage at most of the positional matchups in this game, aside from the special teams. So I, I do think BC wins this game and covers pretty easily. For some of the folks, and I'm not talking about our NAU listeners, you, you would give the advantage of quarterback to Emmett Moorhead over Rocky Lombardi, right? Yes, it's pretty close, but I, I would say yes, because I, I do know Lombardi. And I know Moorhead had, you know, some of his, I know the Notre Dame game was really bad last year and, they kind of faded against Syracuse, but I think that him growing and having better weapons and kind of just seeming more comfortable with having the offense on his shoulders. Um, and I do like his physical ability more. I think he's has a better arm. I think he's a better athlete. I, I do like that more than Lombardi, even though Lombardi has that experience, but the problem is he does have that pension in him too. And I'm not saying it's like the, the Phil Dracovic chaos pension, but like, I think there are plays where he can kind of, get his team out of a game by making mistakes. And for the folks that are like, oh, you know, they go to that Notre Dame game, just as a point of comparison, Lombardi played number three, Michigan, which is, you know, another good defense. And he went nine for 17 for 46 yards uh, with a touchdown and an interception. So, you know, I think both guys struggled. This is my point there. I'm not saying either guy is better against, you know, a good, a, a very superior defense. I'm just saying very similar kind of results there. Um, any last thoughts on predictions for this game, Mitch? Uh, I, I do think the offensive line shows up and I think that, I think, I think that that section of worry for us as BC fans gets put to bed finally. And I think that I'm very excited to finally put that narrative to rest. And I, I think too, you know, with BC, when I have them winning by 10, I think they might be up by like 10 ish or, you know, a 17 ish. And then as you said, like a garbage touchdown at the end. I do think there's going to be some turnover luck here for BC too. Um, mm-hmm. With good pass rush, um, I think there's going to be more favorable matchups for an interception or a you know a strip sack or something like that that BC had didn't get a lot of last year. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be a different feature for BC that we're going to see this year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, that gives us our final thoughts on this game on Eagle Insider. We'll have all week. Uh, all weekend, more and more, you know, news details, everything popping up for the Eagles. You're going to want to make sure you get that bookmarked. So you get all those details. Now in a moment, we're going to step away from Boston college and NIU and look at college football in general. It's a big week as week one kicks off for, uh, for college football. And Mitch and I have three picks for the upcoming week. And you're going to want to hear what we have to say. This is AJ Black. I am the host of Locked On BC. I'm joined by Mitch, uh, also of Eagle Insider, to talk about our picks of the week. Now, what we're going to do for this for this season, every week, even the weekends BC's not playing, we're going to pick three games. And we already gave our predictions for BC. Both of us are picking BC by the spread. Um, and 
we're going to give our picks and I'm going to let, we'll, we'll do one at a time and I'll start, I'll kick it off with my first pick of the weekend and it's UMass at plus 35 against Auburn. Now I it, it's in Auburn. It's the season opener for the Tigers. Uh, their first year under Hugh freeze, you know, they're going to be playing a quarterback from Michigan state uh, form it, right? Isn't the quarterback? Uh, yes. Peyton Thorne. Yep. So two, you know, they got something in common with BC, but you know, uh, the, the, the UMass has something in common with BC, both playing former Michigan state quarterbacks. Um, 35. What based off of what I saw against uh, New Mexico state last week, UMass played tough and a giant spread like this just seems right for the picking. And I'm not predicting them to keep it close. I'm not predict. I'm definitely not picking UMass to win this game. But I could just I I if I was betting I just think that for a couple of bucks picking the beast uh, that UMass can keep it close or get a you know like a fluky touchdown and keep their defense tough I think they could cover thirty five. Yeah, I, I say you're a braver man than I. I wouldn't take this. I was curious. I was trying to see if I could find the money line for this, but uh, just to see what kind of crazy plus money you could get, but. Uh, not seeing it on the board here, but um, so mine and uh, unfortunately there is an error on the screen. So it says uh, Iowa State, Utah State under forty-five. I meant to say Iowa, Utah oh. State under forty-five. Um, but essentially, I think even though there is, I, I think the agreement is that Brian Ferentz, as the office coordinator for Iowa, needs to average the the offense needs to average twenty. Actually, no, the team needs to average twenty-five points a game for essentially him to keep his job this year. Um, I'm not sure if they can do that. I think they are going to be better on offense this year, but Utah state, they had a down year last year, but that's a pretty decent G five program. Um, I think Iowa's offense probably scores 14 and then their defense slash special teams maybe scores another 14. Um, but I'm not sure Utah state is going to score much on offense because Iowa's defense is really, really good. So I, I think you can get, so the under is 45 and I'm taking that under all day, pretty much any time an Iowa games over under is I would say under 40 and they're not playing Ohio state or Michigan who can put up 40 plus themselves. I'm taking that under because those games are just always super low scoring. All right. Yeah. Iowa, even, even though, yeah, you said Ferentz needs to hit that 30 point mark. It's going to be an interesting one to watch. Now I'm going to go for a pick for tonight. Now, Florida plays Utah in a game uh, which I believe I just heard is Florida's first out of conference road game since 1991, when they lost to Syracuse, mm-hmm. uh, which is insane. That what's that 30 something years ago, mm-hmm. <laughs> good old sec football, right? Yeah. Um, it's out of the state of, out of the state of Florida for the first time since 1991. Um, Graham Mertz is going to, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback for the Gators. He wasn't very good. I thought for Wisconsin, but cam rising is not playing for Utah. Um, I I like Billy Napier and what he's doing with the Gators. Um, and I I don't know. I, I got a feeling that they're going to be able to keep this close. And maybe they don't win straight out. That's why I didn't take the money line on this one. But I could see Florida, you know, either winning or keeping it within like three. Yeah, for sure. The money line is plus 184. So I, I don't know if that's worth the juice, but I think definitely the four and a half is a good line for that. Uh, the other game that I'm taking is UTSA versus Houston. I'm taking UTSA minus one and a half. Last year, this game was, it was in San Antonio, I believe. Actually, it might have been in like a quote neutral site at Reliance Stadium. I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but this game went into overtime last year. It was 37-35. Houston won, I'm pretty sure. Houston is a 
they are they lost a lot of talent to the NFL. They lost their quarterback Clayton Tune, who might be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals this year. They lost Tank Dell, who's going to be a pretty good receiver for the Houston Texans. But UTSA brings almost everybody else back. Um, they've got a really good receiving core. Um, so I think that UTSA is going to win this game by a good amount of points, definitely more than one and a half. So I'm taking the uh, the Roadrunners against the Houston Cougars in that game. Even though the Houston has those uh, killer Oilers. You mean the ones that they copied directly from SMU from oh, did last they do year? That? It's the exact, like, if you look it up, it's basically the exact same uniform, oh. despite the fact that it's Houston on the helmet. Look it up. It's the exact same uniform. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. All right. I'll have to check it out. Uh, my final pick of the week um, is between two frauds. I mean, sorry, two ACC teams. <laughs> and I'm going to go with the, the fraud, ACC team that I feel like will be better than the other team, which is Louisville at minus seven and a half against Georgia Tech. I am selling hard on Georgia Tech. I, I think they got a little lightning in the bottle when they fired Jeff Collins halfway through the year last year and won a, a top 25 game. But I do not have the faith that Haynes King is going to be the answer for that team. Um, and maybe they're going to, he, maybe he's just a flash in the pan one week or two week type of thing, but he's a five-star, you know, recruit. I, I think Louisville has more talent up and down their roster than Georgia tech does. And I think the Cardinals will probably take care of business in their first game under Jeff Brom. Yeah. I say that last part is the real key is like first game. They're going to be riding really high. Um, everybody's going to be in good spirits. So I think that they take that game as well. I think they definitely beat that spread Georgia tech. You know, they, they caught fire in a bottle because Brent, Brent Pry, no, Brent Key. I always forget which one's which. Two Brents with three letter last names that end in Y. Um, he caught lightning in a bottle because Jeff Sims was playing really well and they were using him as, as a run threat. And then he got hurt and then things fell off the, uh, the, the train went off the tracks. This year, they lose a lot of talent, lose a bunch of defensive stalwarts, including Keon White for the New England Patriots. And they also lost their best receiver transferred to North Carolina. I just don't really know what kind of talent they have. Louisville brings in a huge transfer portal class this year, this early in the year before things have a chance to fall apart. I would take Louisville on this to win pretty sizably. My final pick going again with another uh, ACC team is FSU plus two and a half. They're playing a quote neutral site game against LSU uh, in Orlando, Florida. Um, <laughs> I think, I don't think this game is going to be super affected by the weather in terms of the game being played. Um, FSU is obviously going to have the home crowd advantage in this one. They quote unquote beat LSU last year, but, and it was in, it was another quote neutral site that was in new Orleans, but that game had a lot of fluky things. They won on a missed extra point essentially. And LSU didn't really figure it out until kind of the end of the year. This year, LSU is they're They're kind of, they're much better prepared under Brian Kelly, but I just think FSU has, more talent across the board. They have so many good players. Um, LSU is breaking in a pretty new secondary and FSU obviously has a ton of great weapons. Um, I think the home field advantage gives FSU the win here. Uh, let me see if I can find the money line. Cause honestly, I would just take the money line here, get that plus those plus odds. Uh, it's Florida state plus plus one twelve. The line is minus minus one fifteen. So I, I think Florida state wins outright. So I would take the plus money here. All right. So there's our picks of the week and we both have BC covering. So we'll be keeping track of that. If you agree with me, agree with Mitch, leave it in the comment section. I want to hear what you have to say. Again, we are um, the Mitch is my staff writer. I'm the editor at Eagle Insider right now. 50% off. I have a special story up right now about a special visitor that you're not going to want to miss up on the site. Go check that out. Um, you get a you get a full year subscription for the cup of a cup, you know, a price of a cup of a coffee a month. 
Come on over, get Mitch's in detailed analysis. Everyone's raving about it. Get my scoops. I'm in touch with staff. I'm in touch with players. I got everything. We got everything on the site. Anything you want as a BC fan is up at Eagle Insider. And we'll have full coverage of the Boston College North, Northern Illinois game throughout the weekend. So get on over there. I might even do a quick game recap podcast on Saturday. I have a wedding to go to. I know you know, fall weddings already uh, in the afternoon uh, after the game. So I'm not sure I will be able to post a podcast, but I might try to uh, Mitch, where can people find you? You can find me at Mitchell T Wolf, W O L F E on Twitter. And like AJ mentioned, the website, I've got my two game previews up there. One is VIP. One is not. Um, and once the game is over, ideally with BC winning, uh, we'll have my three stars article as to who, which players did the best. And then I'll be back on the podcast next time to break down the game hopefully in a positive manner and um, a special little announcement because I can confirm that he's going to be on next week. Next week, we're going to have Tom Devitt, um, the general manager of the friends of the Heights initiative coming on to talk about his work with BC and the friends of the Heights. It's going to come up next week. Um, I had the date, but I don't know why I'm going to post the um, actual audio of it. So just stay tuned. We have it all confirmed. It should be coming up soon for Mitch. This is AJ. Follow me on Twitter at AJ black two, four, seven. Thank you all so much, and hopefully we have good news at the end of this weekend. Take care, everyone. All right.